This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Nowadays, sometimes you can look at the world and think, we've gone crazy. Things seem out of control. But remember, God is always in control. Are you looking for something fresh, new, and exciting? This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Taking the positive message of Jesus Christ to the world. Proclaiming he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Broadcasting from the Upper Room Studios to the world. Are you ready? Let's get into it. This is Outreach.fm. And now, here's Pastor William Luffman. Proverbs chapter 29. Father, thank you for the word we're about to receive. We receive it with gladness. In this new year of 2021, we rededicate our lives, Father. We renew our minds to the word and not to the world. And we thank you, Father, for giving us this grand privilege, this grand freedom to stand and publicly proclaim your word, Lord. We are so thankful and so grateful, Father God, and we humble ourselves for it. And we thank you, Father, for salvation, deliverance, and healings. In Jesus' name, can you shout amen? Amen. So we're going to go to Proverbs 29 and verse 2, and it's not in my notes, and however, it really does help us tonight before we get into the main thrust of the message. I want to read it to you. It says, when the righteous are in authority. Everyone say authority. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked bear rule, the people mourn. It did not say when the Democrats are in authority or the uh, Republicans are in authority or the politicians are in authority. It said when the righteous are in authority. Amen. Why is it that, that we, are, we are, why is it that I believe God has us in this series? It's to help us get God's people back in their authority. Now, now we, we know the mess that we see our country in, the despicable stuff we saw yesterday. We know all of that. And, and, and yet, we shouldn't be shocked at how darkness works. <laughs> I mean, we really, I mean, it is shocking, but it's not. But we also should not be fooled that people that have political power or corporate power or some other form of power, we should not be fooled into thinking that they necessarily rule because we are the righteous people of God. We can do a lot in the spirit. If we only, if we unlock what we know in the scripture belongs to us, we can change this nation. And either they can get along with the program and be part of the change or they'll be swept to the side and God will still make sure the change comes. Amen. So tonight, you know, I just want to make sure, and let's be praying for the nation, you know. I don't think it's a time for finger pointing and all that crazy stuff that the world does. It's time for God's people to get in authority. And it starts by us just being in authority in our own lives. Amen. Calling out the devil when we see him. Calling out demons when we see him. You know, the Bible says this, these signs shall follow them that believe. And the first thing it says, they will cast out devils. So, I mean, it may have to start at your house. Amen. If you got some darkness and little demons trying to run around, I'm not talking about your kids. And I'm not talking about your spouse. But, you know, little demon spirits will try to come around your house and get inside your house and get inside your family. And and we got to start taking our authority again. 
And uh, every now and then I'll just walk through my house and I'll shout out, Jesus is Lord over this house. And no other spirit is welcome in this house but the Spirit of God. And I'll just walk through my house. I mean, just to kind of remind the enemy, if you think you're coming in here, you know, you're not coming in here in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's go to John chapter 1. Amen. And uh, we're going to get right back into some things. Are you excited about the word? Stay online, online, folks. We got some good things coming tonight. John chapter 1, we've been in here before, and we're going to go right back there to, again. We could have gone to Genesis. We have been there many times. Most likely we'll get there again. Not likely tonight, though. But in John chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And I just want to point out how you cannot separate the Word and God because they're the same. Amen. The same was in the beginning with God and all things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. Now just soak soak in some of these verses as we read them. I'm going to go back and read them again in a different translation. But stay with me because we're going to see a few things. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, speaking of John, he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. And notice that word light is capitalized, especially in the King James Version here, because it is, it's a noun, it's, 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 it's talking about someone. That was the true light which lights every man that comes into the world. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Can you say amen? amen. Now, all of that is, is such, it's such a powerful, I think without this, we could have heard, we could have learned a lot about the origins of, of, of creation uh, just from Genesis and other books of the Bible. But I'm so glad that John gave us this extra piece of the puzzle because it really does fill in some blanks. Now I'm going to read it again to you from the Amplified Classic Bible. You knew that was probably coming. So listen to it because it's going to really be eye-opening. So I'm going to get again in verse 1. In the beginning, Amplified Classic says, before all time. Everybody say before all time. So now remember that what we see in Genesis was not necessarily the beginning of all time. It was the beginning of the story of our lives, the story of the creation that began, that, that pertains to us. Amen. But there was a time before that. Now that's going to be important when we read a little bit more here. In the beginning before all time, uh, and, 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 and let me stop and let me say this because this will help you. Why do we even have time? Because God doesn't op operate really by time at all. He said a day to me is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. Right? 
So what we learn from this verse is time was created for you and me. It wasn't created for God. That's why he says when you move out of this body and go into heaven, you're going to live forever. Well, forever, there's, there's no time on that. We are, let me say it, we are almost at the point of where there's only a thousand and seven years left of counted time. Now, why did I say a thousand seven? Because when the rapture hits, it's going to be seven years of tribulation on the earth. When that's over, we're going to come back for a thousand years and reign with Christ. Then we're going to go into eternity and there won't be any time anymore. I don't know about you. Now, I'm a time watcher. I don't know how you are. I'm, I am a time watcher. I have to admit, I look at the time a lot and I'm always trying to see what I can get done and how much I can get done. I am, I, and if I'm a person that I've allotted a certain amount of time to do something, I compete against myself to get it done quicker. Because if I do, then I can do something else with my time. Are you hearing me? But, but, I, but I want to mention this, that God created time for us. When he says in the beginning, before all time, God was there. Remember God, before there was time, there was God. But now our existence, when our existence began, God began to put it into a counted measure called days, weeks, months, years, eons, whatever we would want to call it. And we call it time. Amen. So now stay with me. So in the beginning, before all time was the word. And notice this word uh, in the Epi Classic, it in parentheses after it, it says Christ. So we know that Christ was not Jesus' last name, but he was called the word. We've covered this before. His name in heaven was not, it wasn't God, you know, Jehovah, Elohim, all the different Adonai, all the different names of God. And then beside him was Jesus. Beside him was the word what he was called. Now that's really important though. I'm going to show you the importance of it. And the word was with God and the word was God himself. That's how powerful. Now we're going to find out in a minute when we read. Now we're talking about a person now. It's capitalized. So we're talking about a person named the word. But I want you to see that the word is also it's like God. The word is having God. Amen. Now, stay with me. Now, verse two is so good in the Amplified Classic and it clears up a lot of things. He was present. The word was present originally. I like that. The fact they put this word in here originally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him. Through whom? Through whom? The word. Thank you. That's what we're looking for. Through the word. All things were made by him and every, listen to me, everything came into existence by the word. Now the word is a person. In the beginning, he was a person only. But did he remain a person only? That's what we want to dig at a little bit here. Uh, and without him, without whom? The word was not, listen to, listen to Amplified Classic. That's why you've got to get this version, at least download it on your devices. And without him was not even one thing made that has come into being. Wow. So if I'm struggling with anything on this planet, I know who to go to. 
Verse 4, in him, in whom? In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines on in the darkness. For the darkness has never overpowered it, put it out, or absorbed it, or appropriated it, and is unreceptive to it. So whenever the word is present, it doesn't matter how deep, wide, or vast the darkness is. It is no match for the light that comes from the word. No matter how dark your life gets, no matter how hard your life gets, it is no match for the light that comes from the word. Can you say amen? Now, usually we leave out these next verses and when we have read them in this study over the last several months, we've left them out. But the Lord said, I want you to put them in. They're very relative because it seems like they shift now and they start to talk about John and they do. Verse six, there came a man sent from God. Uh, Where was he sent from or from whom was he sent? From God. He was sent from God and his name was John. This man came, and now now this is important. Why did he come? This man came to witness that he might testify of the light that all men might believe in it, adhere to it, trust it, and rely upon it through him. He was not the light himself, but came that he might bear witness regarding the light. So John, God sends him before the word becomes flesh. Now, at this point, the word is still in heaven. He's the son and the word are one and he's in heaven. He hasn't come in the flesh, but just before he comes in the flesh, he gets John here. And John being the cousin, you know, Elizabeth and and Mary, we know the story. And so why does John come? He comes to bear witness when Jesus appears, he comes to bear witness that Jesus is the light and to testify of him. Now, the reason that the Lord told me to leave this in and we'll read a little bit more is that job is now transferred to you and me. We are supposed to be testifying to the world and bearing witness that Jesus is the word and he is the light. Are you hearing me? They, they will never understand who he is and they will never have a picture of who he is unless we walk in our authority as God's people. If we are only Christians by name, they will have no idea who he really is. If all they know is we told a Bible and we go to church on occasion, but we still drink and swear and cuss and swap wives and do everything else during the week, they're going to have no picture of who the light really is. GP, are you with me? Now, John got a revelation of what his existence was all about. He was here to testify of that light and to bear witness of who he was. And that's what you're here to do. That's why you, now we're going to read on. Just stay with me. All right. Verse nine, there it was. The true light was then coming into the world. I love this in the Amplified Classic. The genuine, perfect, 
steadfast light that illumines every person. Talking about the word now, Jesus. He came into the world and through, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him and did not know him. When Jesus was on this earth, you have to get this picture. He was down here walking among them. The word that through everything originated, everything was created by the actual architect and created creator of everything was walking around in their midst and they didn't even know who he was. They failed to recognize that he, he was right there in their midst. Well, honey, it's still happening today. I mean, on this earth today, there are people, you know, we say in the South, they're blind as bats. I mean, they, they still don't believe there is a God. Some of them, they still don't believe that Jesus died on the cross. They, they've made up their own gods. They've made up their own ways. They've, they've, they've figured out all these ways to save themselves and none of them ever pan out because there's only one true light. So he came into the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him, did not know him. Verse 11, he came to that which belonged to him. Wow. To his own, listen to this, his domain, creation, things, and world. It was his, I mean, when he came down here, everything he looked at, he created. Even the people, because God said, Elohim said, let us make man in our image. So every human being. Now I want you to hear these words. While he was here, here's, here's God himself, the word walking in this world on this planet. The creation, everything that he's stepping on, he created. Everything he saw, he was created. Every person came because of him. And let me use these words again. He came to that which belonged to him, to his own. His domain, these are important words, creation, things, and world. And they who were his own did not receive him and did not welcome him. Now I'm going to tell you a lot about God I'm going to give you a really uh, eye-opening but short little statement about God. If you don't receive him, and if you don't receive his word, you don't receive him, you won't even really know who he is. You, you'll be, you could even be a Christian and not really know God. That's why Christians walk around going, well, you never know what the Lord's going to do. His ways are beyond finding out. You know, and all these crazy statements that come from supposed Christians and they blame God for car wrecks and they blame God for broken this and broken that and they blame God for sickness and disease and death and they just blame God because they, they really don't know him. Let me read on. Listen to this next verse, verse 12 in the Amplified Classic. So there's the state of the world. They have the actual creator, God himself, the word who created them and everything right in their midst and they don't even recognize him. Verse 12 though. But to as many as did receive and welcome him. 
Raise your hands right now if you receive and welcome him online. What happens if you do receive and welcome him? What happens if you do acknowledge that there is only one God and he's God and, and the word conquers all? What happens? As many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the authority, it says in the Amplified Classic Bible, the authority, power. Now this is what authority, here's the definition. The Amplified, whenever it has a word and then it puts something in parentheses afterwards, it's defining the word. He gave the authority, here's the parenthesis now, power, privilege, and right to become the children of God, that is to those who believe in, parentheses, so here's how you know you're believing in him, adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name. Now this is a little more than just having a fish on your car. Amen having some cross earrings in. We're talking about adhering to, relying on, and trusting in him. The word adhere, I mean, that is a, that's a strong word. It means almost to be fastened to. Are you hearing me? Now listen to verse 13 in the Adfly Classic. How incredible. Who owe their birth. How many of you have been born? Everybody online. All of us got birth on this planet. We, none of us in here, I don't think there may be a couple of siblings in here. For the most part, we all had a different mother. We all most likely had a different father. But listen to what it says in the Amplified Classic. Who owe their birth neither to bloods. Oh, wow. Really? Who owe their birth neither to bloods nor to the will of the flesh. That of physical impulse, sex. Are you here? You don't owe your birth in its entirety. You really don't owe it to your mom and dad. I'm reading the Bible, y'all. Who owe their birth neither to bloods. Well, my bloodline, my family, my genealogy. Who owe their birth neither to bloods nor to the will of the flesh, that of physical impulse, nor to the will of man, that of a natural father. But they owe it to God. And they're born of God. Now he's not being talking about being born again yet. He's talking about just your natural flesh. You being here was an idea of God before it was ever Two people in a back seat or in a bed somewhere. A lot of people back now, some of you are so young, you don't understand. We used to have these things called drive-in movies. And you'd pull into this big old parking lot and you'd put this really bad distorted speaker and hang it on your window. And they had a big old screen setting up where you'd watch the movie. The only thing was a lot of people didn't watch the movie. Now, I want, you to, I want you to see this because if you don't watch it, you get hung up on this stuff. My family tree, my genealogy, my bloodline, my genetics, all of this stuff. And if you start claiming all that stuff, and I'm not, 
He didn't say that they didn't have any part of it, but it wasn't their will. The will of you being here came first from God. Now, I want to say something. I don't know if you're ready to handle it, though. I'm always going to fight for the unborn. I'm never going to back down and you're not going to, your voice won't weaken me at all. I didn't say I was going to, I'm not talking about politicians. I'm not talking about parties now. I'm talking about babies. I don't, that, that volleyball has been used by political politicians forever and half of them don't even believe what they say they believe. But I'm talking about, I, I have to believe that not a single human being is a mistake ever. And I'm going to always, because I, I mean, I'm reading the Bible here. It's, it's not my opinion. If I read Psalms 139 and it says before you, and I read Jeremiah chapter one, and it says before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Then I don't care what any of the politicians think. And I don't care about what any of the parties think. And I don't care what anybody thinks. If we don't believe that we are here as a, as a design of God, it devalues our existence. Then we are nothing more than a couple of people that got hot and had sex. You've got to see your value bigger than that. Your God, the God that created everything, wanted you born on this planet. He is your originator even before your parents. Can you shout amen? amen? Now, whether whatever you do with that political, I don't really care about that, but I want you to get it for yourself. I don't want you to ever let the devil tell you that you're nothing and you're worthless and your parents was a drug addict and your mama was a crackhead and she this and he that. It doesn't matter. Very few people are born, no, let me say this differently. Very few people are uh, <laughs> originated in a woman's body uh, out of purity. I mean, you're, there's an act going on there. You, you got to get past all that. You got to go back a step. Now, why is that important? I haven't finished reading yet. They're born of God. Say, I'm born of God. Say, even my physical body was born of my God. Now he used human beings. You don't have to say that, but it's okay. But I sure am. GP, you're with me tonight. God used human beings. Listen to this. This is going to be big. So you could be manifest. Because before you were in your mother's womb, according to Jeremiah 1, God knew you. I don't, I, now somebody said, how did that work? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that, but I do have the statement of God that I trust 100%. Somehow, God knew you. And then there were two human beings that did something that God put in physical human beings, the ability to procreate, and they... You know, through that, through that act and through that process, you're here, you have manifested. Look at your neighbor and say, I've manifested. Now, 
This is bigger than you are thinking that it is. Once you decide that I'm not a mistake, not a screw up, not some worthless piece of whatever, because the world will tell you this and people will tell you this. And listen, if people would investigate my mother and my father, neither of them had a good reputation. My mother had already been married and divorced twice when I was conceived. I didn't use that word earlier. I guess I could have. When I was conceived and she was not married when she conceived me. And my God, the woman already had seven birth children and seven stepchildren. What in the world are you thinking about jumping in the sack with with some guy that you're not even married to? And by the way, you're 42 when this all happens. My dad was the worst louse that a human being on this planet could almost be. The more I learned about him as I got older, didn't know that much as a kid, only that he was a deadbeat dad. But as I learned and I got older and mature and could put and understood things, I learned it. So, but you know what? That does not mean anything. And I know people yak, 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 and people in, the fa- in our family yak, yak, yak. Oh, William, he's a little blah, 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 because you know what happened, how Mildred had him. doesn't even matter. I'm born of God. My mama, my, 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 my God took this little 42-year-old woman about this tall who had no business having any more kids, poorer than dirt, completely already the black sheep of the family before any of this happened because she gave up four of her daughters from her first marriage to adoption. She had four little girls by her first husband and gave them all up for adoption. And don't think the family didn't give her a rough... I wasn't around then, but later on, I, I understood the family dynamics. They all gave her a rough time. What kind of mama gives up her kids? Then marries some other guy and has a couple more. And then that guy dies and then she jumps in the sack with somebody and then 11 months later, you know, after she meets this guy, I'm born. But none of that really matters because I'm born of God. I have manifested. God, God wanted me to be manifested. God wanted you to be manifested. Don't you ever look in the mirror and put yourself down and demean yourself and let all the words of the critics and everybody else get in your head. God wanted you manifested. Now, let's read verse 14. And the word Christ became flesh. Human, incarnate, it says in the Amplified Classic. And tabernacled. Wow. Now, and here comes parentheses, which will give us a definition of what tabernacle means. Fixed his tent of flesh and lived a while among us. Man. You see how big this is? Listen to this. And we actually saw his glory, parentheses, his honor, his majesty. Such glory as only begotten son, as an only begotten son receives from his father, full of grace, parentheses, favor and loving kindness and truth. Now, why is all of that important? Because remember, 
the word who was Jesus, because this earth had fallen and this earth was in, in peril after what happened in the garden, in order to put it back in its rightful place, the word in heaven, Jesus, we didn't, he wasn't called Jesus then, but the word had to become flesh, manifest, so that he could show everyone else how, how, how important it was to understand the plan of God. And he did it. He was called the word. And then he showed us when he left how to take words because he originated everything and our words help put things back in their original order. You can wreck your life. You can go through a divorce. You can mess up a lot of stuff. You can just, because and when I say you, you know, all these fingers, we can all point right back at ourselves. At some point, we've been in that place. But you can also fix it all if you identify with who he is and you begin to say what he has told us to say. You can fix, you can fix the mess. Well, that person's gone. Well, okay, that's all right. But God still has a plan for you. People will come and leave your life all through your lifetime. You're going to have people come and go. Sometimes, unfortunately, it's a spouse. But, but, but I'm telling you, it's going to happen your whole life. There are going to be people that you think are going to be there for the long haul. And they're just, some will never make it. But no matter what happens, you're still in charge of your life. Can you shout Amen. Now let's talk about this thing about the word then and then words because Jesus was the living word. But he left us, he left us this, he left us his words. And if you, you will never have faith in God until you have faith in his word. You're going to have to get completely grounded in the fact that this is the word of God. I don't need anyone's opinion. Well, I studied this. All these nib knobs out there on social media. Like I'm going to listen to you tell me something about my God and my Bible. You are unqualified. Amen. We've got to, we got to get to the point where we, I, I, I told you this and I remember I started telling you this in the middle of last year and it's still ringing true. You got to take heed what you hear. Yeah, you got to shut off a lot of the noise of the world, a lot of the clamor of the world, a lot of the junk of the world, a lot of the opinions of people. And you're, if you're going to get to where God wants you to go and where I'm trying to help you get there, you're going to have to separate yourself from all of that noise. Now I can't go home and turn your TV off for you. You're going to have to decide. I'm not, I do not listen to the news. Well, how are you going to know what's going on? Well, I'm in charge of my life, so I don't really care. Now, I get on social media, I see a couple things. I, do I ever click on there for a minute? A minute or two, that's it. Because I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to get opinion. I'm going to get somebody's hatred, somebody's this, somebody that. So, and I'm, I'm not... I'm not letting my spirit get poisoned. 
And social media, when they start all this, you know what I do? There's a little thing on there where you can hide that person. I don't unfriend them unless the Lord says unfriend them. And the only reason I carry some of them is every now and then I get this bright idea that I might be able to minister to them. I can't help it. It's in me to believe that somehow I can help people. And most of the times I get bitten by it. But every now and then I, 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 I try. Amen. Anybody in here but me? Now, let me make another statement. I've made it to you before. You can't trust and believe God if you doubt what he says in his word. Somewhere along the line, you have to make a decision that God and his word are one and that I trust and believe in the Lord with all of my heart. I lean not to my own understanding according to Proverbs chapter three. And uh, I know that when I do that, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fit in with most people. I'm not going to fit in with most groups. I'm not even going to fit in with most Christians. We've had a few people sick and I have this Bible study. A couple of you, I may have sent it to you. I have this Bible study I did years ago on uh, sickness and disease. And if you want it, you can contact me. I'll, I'll give it to you for free. And uh, I put it together years ago. And if somebody t- contacts me and says, Pastor William, I, I've been feeling symptoms of sickness or disease. And I say, you know what? I'm going to pray for you. But let me send this to you because I know it'll help you. But when you get into this, this study, it's going to say uh, definitively that God wants you well. Amen. Now, all your friends are not going to agree with that. And most of your Christian friends, well, you never know. You never know what God will do. You never know. And, and so, you know, but, but what I'm telling you is you've got to make you got to make a decision. I'm going to go with God. And then we've been talking about the superpower of words for weeks and weeks and weeks. That won't work for you if you don't believe what you say. It's not enough just to say it. It is a major portion of it, but you have to believe it. And... To believe it, you're going to have to say it probably several times. Mark eleven twenty three says, remember what it says over there? For verily, verily, I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that things that he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. The word say appears three times in that verse. Believe appears once. Means you got to say it and say it and say it until you finally believe it. I was in my little apartment on Golfview Drive in 1981. I was busted into a million pieces. I tell you this testimony all the time, but I'll tell you because I want you to understand how I always want to just remind you, how did I get through all that? I already knew a lot of what I'm preaching to you, not all of it, because God knows I've grown, I hope over the years, but I knew some of it. I knew the basics of it. But in that time of my distress, I had everybody in my life telling me how terrible things were, how awful my life was, how wrecked everything was, how desperate my situation was. And I mean, people that I cared about were doing that, not just people that I didn't like. And it came a moment one night I'm in there and I am fighting. I mean, I'm fighting the demons of depression. They're all in that little apartment. I got a little girl in the back bedroom that I'm 
trying to figure out how in the world can I raise a little girl? I'm a man in my young 20s. I don't know anything. And, and I've got all this weight on me and I don't have any money. And they're cutting the lights off at my apartment there. And it's wintertime. And there's all kinds of stuff going on at the same time. And I'm back there and, 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 and I'm, all these voices are just, they're just cascading on me. And, I, and finally, I heard the Lord say, so whose report will you believe? And I had to, I had to soak that in for a little while. I had to really, and I, but finally I said, I will believe the report of the Lord. Now, when I said that, nothing happened. <laughs> I didn't feel better. The lights were still off. My little girl was still on the bed. She was sick, by the way. I didn't get a call that moment right after that where they gave me a job because where I could make money. But I said it again. And then I said it again. And then I said it again. And, and for a while, it was all out here when I said it. But it didn't take long when I said it. It started to come out of here. And it started to come out of me. And all of a sudden, I got violent. You know, the violent take it, the Bible says a violent take it. I got, I said, I will believe the report of the Lord. And I stomped through that apartment and I shouted it and I proclaimed it. And as far as I was concerned, it was settled. This word has got to get beyond your head. I don't want to just teach you all this stuff and you just become knowledgeable in your mind and knowledgeable in your intellect. I want it to penetrate. Because if it gets down in your heart, you know what happens? And you say it, it manifests. You have manifested for what? To testify and to bear witness that what God said is true. And you know what happens? When you walk around and proclaim who and what God is in your life and things change, trust me, honey, it gets the attention of the world. I was born here in this city. I was the only one of all of our... My mom had, you know, my, I had a twin brother, so we had, she had seven children. She had my brother and me at the same time, obviously twins. But we were the only ones born in the hospital. Now, you know, back in the old days, nobody was born in the hospital. Some of you young people can't even figure this. No, nobody was born in the hospital. Children were born at home. I mean, maybe in the big city, the rich people might have, but, but 90% of the people were born at home. And uh, when, you know, when, and I look back to when, you know, all that and, 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 and I think about how when my mother, I can't even imagine what she went through when she found out she was expecting me. She told me she contemplated, she said if there had been abortion, she might have had one. That's why I'm against it. She said it wouldn't have been, I just was desperate. I mean, by the way, my mom was 43, my dad was 25. If you want more scandal, there was a lot more scandal there. But I look back to all that time, and I look back to how all of that, you know, and I kind of, I put my, 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 the picture back there. But when, when I was born on this planet, I did, 
I mean, there is nobody. Everybody had counted me out. Everything was set up for me to fail. Everything pointed to my life being just another life born to just another poor woman who'll do just about nothing. But I just, I, see, I, the reason I'm preaching is I want this to get past your head and I want it to get down in your spirit so you can manifest things. You are manifested to manifest things. Now, let me say this again. So I'm born in this city. I'm raised in this city. I go to school. Now, a lot of you, because we have a lot of folks in here that are minorities, you had it a hundred times worse than me, so I never try to tell my story to make my story sound. I'm only telling you the truth. Like Dr. Barkley says, I only tell true stories. I don't have to dress them up. But I was on the school lunch free program. I don't even know what that means. Back when I went to school, if you bought your lunch ticket at the beginning of the week, it was a white card. And they punched it every day you went through the lunch line. If you got free lunch, it was a yellow card. So everybody knew when you pulled out your lunch card every day that you were the freebie guy. And they knew we were poor. They knew that. I told you, people, my mom would come to school and all the moms would come some days and she would come and they'd all go, your grandmother's out there. Because my mom looked her age. She, she had pretty rough life. By the time I started school, she was 50 and she looked, she really looked 50. And so... I, 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 you know, I, I'm, I go through all this stuff and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm being raised like, and so what happens is nobody claimed me. If you know what I'm talking about. I mean, we had like every school, we had these four or five kids that were rich, you know, richer and they, you know, we, do you care if I tell any of these stories? I mean, I don't even know if I, I help you connect a little we, they used to collect for the March of Dimes. And they'd have these little cards and they'd bring them in and you'd put dimes in there and you filled one up, you know, whatever. And, and so we did all that. Well, I didn't have a dime, man. <laughs> you know, all these kids, you know, all this money. And none of them claimed to know me. This church started in, let's fast forward many, many years. I know some of you, it's like when somebody comes into my office and they want an appointment for counseling and they're 75 and I say, how can I help you? And they say, well, it all started when I was four. I'm like, oh God, <laughs> I got 71 years. I don't know if I can handle this. <laughs> I'm like, please get me up to 74 and a half, you know. So I'm not going to try to bore you, but let's fast forward. We started this church. You know the story. It was very humble. I'm working a full-time job. Pastor Ginger's working a full-time job. We still don't have any money. We got three kids at home. We have a mother-in-law and a brother-in-law. We start our church. It's in a paint and body shop. We have a hand-painted sign that wasn't even painted well. It went like, it said, faith, when we first started, it said, faith outreach. And we had no money, all this kind of stuff. And you know what? Nobody claimed me. We moved into the paint and body shop. I mean, the, the old police building downtown. God began to move. Things began to pick up. Things began to kind of go really well. All of a sudden, something happened that never happened to me in the first seven or eight, nine years of this ministry. The newspaper called. Can we do a story? I said, on who? He said, on your church. It's like, on our church? So I let him. And by the way, I don't give... I don't give uh, I, I don't give things to the media because they'll, they'll love you one day and kill you the next. But, but anyway, that's why you don't, I've never been the guy that's in the paper every day. I, I, I run from that stuff. 
So all of a sudden, some people started to take note. But we went to get a loan to help us build this building, the first building, and every bank in, in the city turned us down. Nobody claimed me. But all of a sudden, that little church went from three or 400 and it went to 1,000. And it went to 1,200 in that old building downtown. And man, it was going absolutely off the charts, off the chains. And now all of a sudden, bankers are calling, wanting to loan us some money. We raised some money. You have to have so much money to pay down. And, and eventually we got out here. Now, now, also during that time, if somebody said, some of my relatives, well, I'm talking about in the early, early days when I'm growing up and I'm a high school dropout and all the bad stuff. Aren't you kin to William? Oh, no, I'm not kin to him. And the last 15 years, I found out I got more relatives. We have people, oh, I, I'm his cousin. And I check it out. They're not kidding me at all. What's the difference? Things have manifested. Things have manifested. Things have manifested. God called you to manifest things. God called you. You're manifested to bear witness and to testify and to prove to the world that your God is a living God. Not a dead God. Can you shout amen? amen. Romans 5, 17 says that we're to reign in this life. I've given you that verse before. I know that. And I, my time is waning down. I'm going to have to close in just a minute. I want to talk to you about, and I'll, I'll, I'll lead, I'll, I'll start here. We'll pick it up next Thursday night. Because the title of my message is really, I haven't even got to the title yet. Because the title is saying the right thing in the storms. Now I'm going to end with that and we'll start it in it next week. Storms in this world will come. Why? Well, here, why do we have storms? People ask it all the time. You know, they try to, they, they're, they're trying to indict our God and make him look bad and say he's a mean God and a bad God and all that because there's death and there's tornadoes. Well, if God is God, why is there famines and death and tornadoes and earthquakes and, and tsunamis and typhoons and why do little children die and all this? And, they want, and see, they want to lay all that at the feet of God when the whole time he's given us the word of life right here. But we learn, but you're learning and we're learning a lot. This stuff won't just come to pass. You have to manifest it. And when the storms of life come and attack, God knows I know what they are, an attack, a, a something, whatever's happening, you're in the middle of a storm. It is cr the most critical thing in a storm for a Christian is not necessarily what they do, it's what they say. And you have to be absolutely, and if you're not full of God's word, as much as you hope you're going to say the right thing, you won't. You will go with your mind, your emotions, your, your you know, it'll all come out. The abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. Why would I take 29 sessions in here? 
Not because I think you're dense, not because I'm insulting your intelligence. I know we have an intelligent audience, intelligence online, but I know how well groomed we've been to be negative because we live in such a fall. Now, let me get back to something. Why do all these things happen in the world? Here's the reason. Number one, the world is not saved. When it said God so loved the world, he wasn't talking about the planet. He was talking about the people. The world is fallen. Ever since Genesis, this world, this planet has been in uh, decay. The best word I can use. And there is a God of this world, little g, called Satan. And there are principalities and powers that you can't see and I can't see. Rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. And they're operating all over the place. That's the reason we see all of the death and destruction and harm and all these crazy things going on in our world. It's because of that. But because of that, it is more critical than ever that we as God's people don't just go to church on Sunday, close the Bible, go out and live like the rest of the world the rest of the week and expect to manifest the things of God. We've got to put that word in our heart and get it out of our mouth. And I mean, just let it pour out of our mouth, not worry about what people think. They're going to think you're nutty. Sure. They're going to think you're crazy. Sure. Some of them will think you're arrogant and conceited because you say, well, I am blessed of God. Well, that's just the arrogant, most arrogant thing I ever heard. No, it's not. I'm saying what God said. I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. I'm saying what God said. I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the country. I'm blessed in the field. The hands of my, everything I put forth my hands to do are blessed. Now you're telling a lie because some of it's not. No, I'm not. I'm telling the, the truth, which is the word of God. And if I say it enough and believe it, I'll manifest it. So when you get in a storm, and we'll start out here next week, it's critical that you don't go into your emotions and you don't go into. And I, 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 when I got back on Facebook a year and a half, whenever, whenever it was, I paused for four years. The Lord said, I want you to get back on there. I was like, oh, Jesus. So I did. I said, can I do my weather reports? I actually asked the Lord about this. Believe it or not, I didn't do that. You can do that. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. Have fun with that. Um, but I see Christians, I see some people in this church. I'm going to bust on you a little. That when your friend starts speaking the world language, and the world and the doubt and the unbelief. And I see you coming and you go right on down the stream with them. Why would you do that? There's only two reasons. Number one, either A, you still haven't gotten enough of the word in you or B, you still want to be accepted by them. At the end of the day, they can't save you. They can't deliver you. And they can't heal you. Got to stick with the word. Watch what you say in that storm. We'll talk about it next time, man. When you get in the storm, man, I'm going to show you the difference. I'm going to show you two different storms that happened in the Bible. One storm where it's going to be the one that you're going to, I'm sure you're going to think that we'll go to, that involved the disciples. And I'm going to show you how, now if anybody should have known better, it should have been them. But they didn't. But I'm going to show you another time when another storm hit and there was another man later on in the Bible that absolutely knew what to say when the storm hit.
And I'm going to show you how it turned out for him. And by the way, Jesus was not physically on that boat. You want to hear something? He didn't have to be. He doesn't, he doesn't have to come. He's not coming down. Now I got news for you. He's not coming down here to save you. You better know what to say so you can save yourself. You've been listening to the Outreach.fm podcast with your host, Pastor William Luffman. We hope you've gotten some inspiration from this show. We enjoyed bringing it to you. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, reach out online. Find our website at faithoutreach.org. The streaming platform is livestreamchurch.com. Get an inspirational shot at a doseofhope.com. You've been listening to Outreach.fm. And remember, no matter what the weather may seem like in your life, the sun's going to shine again.